Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. See ebaymotors.com. If you're counting, and we're all counting, that's five wins in a row for the Tennessee Titans after they went to Houston on Sunday without Ryan Tannehill. They are now up to the number two seed in the AFC. As Mike Rabel said, yes, it's early, but uh, it's a far cry from uh, from where they were at 0-2. And in fact, they're so good right now that as we record this Tuesday evening, it is hours removed from the NFL trade deadline. Titans didn't need to do anything. Stood pat at the deadline. So uh, as we get into this episode of Believe in Titans podcast, we will uh, we will once again analyze the state of things with this franchise with uh, John Glennon of all Titans at SI.com. John, how are you? I am well. Hope you guys are good. Doing great. And Former Titans cornerback, Denard Walker. Denard, welcome as always. Thank you for having me. How you doing this no, evening, we're not, David? We're, it's not having you. You are, you are, uh, you are the man. I'm you are fixture. the. You Thank are you. The, you are the the central figure to this. Oh, okay. I'll pay you after this show for saying that. <laughs> <laughs> and, and I am David Beauclair of uh, All Titans at SI com as well. You can uh, you can read my work, John's work at. Uh, si.com slash nfl slash titans easy enough and once again this is the believe in titans podcast brought to you by bet online basketball is back and bet online remains your number one source for all all your sports betting needs this season you'll always find the latest odds team matchup info player news and game trends at bet online and as your continued source for all sports wagering information, Bet Online features live betting, free contests, and giveaways all season long. It's always the fastest way to bet all your favorite sports and events, whether that's NFL, NBA, NHL, MMA, tennis, boxing, or even golf. 
Head to betonline.ag to join and receive your 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Make sure to use the promo code BELIEVE, that's B-L-E-A-V, to receive your rewards. Bet online, where the game starts. And where we start is, I mean, let's just let's just say this, Denard, it, it's not always pretty with this team, but I think we've said it before, a win is a win is a win is a win, right? I mean, do you look at that game Sunday and say, that's a good win? I thought it was a great win. I thought it was a dominating performance by the defense. Uh, I, listen, if you shame Bowen, what you did was amazing. If you're Anthony Midget and Scott Booker, the secondary coach, the fact that you didn't give up, well, you gave up one explosive play. I'm not going to – listen, I'm not going to mention that because that came in the last series. That was a give me. I'm not even going to mention that. But you know what – excuse me, mention that. But the fact that 17-3, to you was without your starting quarterback. You had a rookie quarterback – who, by the way, I thought he played well. I mean, yes, he has some struggles. But again, what he had, six for nine for 55 yards and one interception. And you tell me you walked away, You excuse me, you got out of Houston with a victory. I'll take that any day of the week, David. Yeah, it, it was, uh, I mean, they, they didn't ask Malik Willis to do a whole lot. And uh, uh, I mean, John, what like what what, do you, what did this game say about the Titans, I guess, in terms of their you know, their ability to just do what is necessary. Well, I, I mean, to me, it says they've got this formula down uh, down pat right now, you know, and it's, and it's kind of a three-pronged uh, formula for, for victory each week. Heavy, heavy, heavy dose of Derrick Henry. Uh, we saw that, obviously, again this week. Um, and, and to me, you know, this was one of Derrick Henry's more impressive performances um, you know, because it came against a team that absolutely knew more so than any other week in, in years uh, how much they were going to rely on Derrick Henry as opposed to a rookie quarterback making his first start. So it's been heavy Derrick Henry. It's been absolutely stifling the opposing team's running game. You know, we saw them do it twice to Jonathan Taylor. We saw them do it to Damian Pierce uh, here against the Texans. And big plays on defense, you know, whether that's, uh, you know, uh, knocking away a pass for a two-point conversion, knocking loose a key fumble late in the game, or, you know, a Christian Fulton interception in this game. Those are kind of the three main prongs we've seen uh, for the Titans winning formula. Uh, So they did it again. Credit to them. Stakes get much higher uh, Sunday when they go to Kansas City. Challenge gets much larger, I should say. Yeah, yes, it it does. There's no question. But uh, you know, a couple things from the Texans game too. Jeffrey Simmons didn't practice all week, made it onto the field, and was not just taking up space out there. Was uh, was absolutely dominating people. I mean, this was this was some this was a performance Steve McNair would be proud of. You know, I mean, the to to see a guy be able to play that well and and, and Denard, I want to ask you too specifically you mentioned Scott Booker the safeties coach Anthony Midget the secondary coach uh, uh, John mentioned Christian Fulton as I was watching that game it looked to me like Christian Fulton was was just having a day as as a cornerback you know you you know you know what he was dealing with out there how, how good a performance did he give from your perspective the whole secondary was was phenomenal I mean not just Christian with the pick in the first half you can tell he he played with a swag 
you know, he played with confidence and he's been banged up all season. But, you know, Roger McCrary, what a great job. What do you have, six tackles uh, this game? And I just I love the way that they play. They fed off of one another. This defense today, they play, excuse me, Sunday, they played as a unit. Uh, Adam Archuleta, who was calling the game, he says, listen, the performance that Tennessee put on, it was amazing. They couldn't play it any better. The fact that you went into Houston, which is a hard place to play, and you held that team to three points, three points. This is a team that took you last year right down to the last play. And the fact that they dominated Houston, the running game for Houston was a non-factor. Why? You got the big dog, Jeffrey Simmons, two tackle, two solos, one sack, two tackle for losses. He was playing with people out there. So I just love the way that they played as a unit. David Long Jr. continues to step up. He's playing big. And the way that this team is playing at this point, it is going to be tough to beat them because they're playing just not aggressive, but they're playing to dominate teams. I mean, look at the last few games that they played, 10 points. You, you go back last week, how many, how many points did they allow? It was 10 points. They've just been suffocating their opponents, and that's the way that you have to play. So if you're Todd down, I mean, if you're Shane Bowen, you have to be proud of your unit right now and the way that they've been playing the last few weeks. Yeah, it, it's fascinating to me. You know, five-game win streaks don't come along all the time. And in fact, this is going back to 1999. This is the, this is the 10th streak this franchise has had of of five wins or more. So you're talking basically once every other year on average, you you get a streak like this. And this is a, this is a fascinating streak to me because typically what you see when a team gets rolling, you know, at at some point it, it seems like everything starts to go right and you're scoring a bunch of points and, and this and that, during this streak, their point total keeps going down. It was 24 in each of the first two games. Then it was 21 against Washington, 19 against Indianapolis, 17 this week against Houston. But the flip side of that is the other team's point totals keep going down too, from 22 against the Raiders, 17 back-to-back games, the Colts and Commanders. And then, as Denard noted, 10 each of the last two weeks. It, it's it's it seems to me that this team has has gotten comfortable with this identity and and with it with this sense that we're just going to we're just going to turn this into ugly football. Your offense isn't going to be able to do anything. We're not going to ask our offense to do any more than it has to and uh, and, and it almost seems like they're reveling in this uh, this sort of approach right now and and uh, you know, I don't think there was any better indication of that than than how they used Malik Willis, uh, you know, a guy who is who is so dynamic and has such a great personality and and showed the ability to learn from week to week in the preseason but but John Glennon uh, I mean, what do we take? Uh, what do we take away from Malik Willis here? Is is this is this an indictment of him that they didn't ask him to do more? Is it or is it simply they didn't need him to do more? Uh, yeah, I, I, I lean more towards the uh, the latter. And, and you know, Malik Willis was pretty upfront about it after the game. You know, that sort of the questions were, you know, along 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 lines of you know little disappointing only to, to throw 10 passes, you know, and, and, you know, not to have a ton of production and, you know, his response is basically like, 
why would we do that? Why would we throw more passes when they couldn't stop the run? What's the point? Uh, and he was absolutely right. You know, I mean, everybody that was watching that game, everybody in the building knew that the Titans were going to give the ball to Derrick Henry. That's what they did. And the Texans couldn't stop them. So, yeah, th- there was no point in, in risking anything with Malik Willis. That said, uh, you know, I, I guess from what we saw, the, the limited sample size of Malik Willis, to me, was it was a little di- disappointing uh, just in terms of, of, I guess, you know, something we saw a little too often in the preseason, and that is the, the hesitation. Uh, um, you know, we saw him sack a number of times yesterday in college. I think it was 51 times. Uh, you know, in the preseason, three games, he was sacked nine times. And in this game, you know, 13 dropbacks, he was sacked three times, not not blaming all of them on, on him, but on some of those. And also on some of the – on the interception – he waited a little bit too long. There was hesitation there. Uh, you know, there was a swing pass to Derrick Henry, a little bit too long. There was an open throw that he had to Chico Conquo, waited a little too long and, and sailed the pass too. So it was a little bit disappointing in the small sample size. That said, you know, maybe if he throws a few more passes in the second half, maybe some of those butterflies are gone at that point. Maybe he has a maybe he has a better performance and, and sort of looking forward, you know, along those same lines. Maybe now that he's got this one under his belt, maybe, you know, maybe things get a little easier. Maybe the processing goes a little quicker um, as as we go on for, for Malik Willis. Yeah, Donato, I want to ask you how, like, how big a moment was this for Malik Willis? He played a lot in the preseason, but he, you know, most every, I think every team he played against, they rested most of their starters, you know, so he didn't see first team NFL defense kind of guys. Then you you go seven weeks through the regular season, he's running the scout team offense. And and yes, he he worked with the starting offense most of all of last week during practice. But even he said he didn't know he was going to be starting till Saturday at, at, at some point. So it, it's not like he went through the week you know, yes, everybody works like they're going to be the starter, but it, but it's something different if you if you know. And and then to you know to get his first taste of NFL action against real proven, physical, fast, tough NFL defenders, all that stuff on the road, no less. Uh, yeah, I mean, how how much of I guess what what does he take away from this? How much is this a step forward for him in his uh, in his growth into becoming a, a full time NFL player? Welcome to the National Football League. It is hard to compete uh, each Sunday, Thursday, or Monday night. It's a different level, especially when you get into the regular season. It's not like the preseason. It's a different speed. I remember my first start against Cincinnati, David. I was nerve-wracked. I was scared. And uh, I just needed to go out there, hopefully, and make a play. And and they threw a fade route, Carl Pickens on me, and I knocked it down. And when I knocked it down, I got up, and I was cheering. I was so happy. But what it did was it gave me confidence. And that's what Malik, that's what you're looking for. That's what you gain each time you play. And there's a young player. I was thinking about Malik and I go back in the olden days and the go back to 1998 and this young player, he threw three interceptions and a loss to Miami and it was 24 nine, but he battled back and uh, he made a play at the end. And you can see the toughness and the grit that this young man uh, he had in him. And he ended up that his rookie year, he had what uh, 28 interceptions was thrown, but he would go on to have this phenomenal, phenomenal career. You know who I'm talking about? I do know who you're talking. Who about. is that? That's Peyton Manning. That's Peyton Manning, man. <laughs> so that gives you hope. 
And the difference between Peyton and Malik, at least Malik won. He got a win and Peyton Manning got a loss Sunday. But, you know, I, I agree with John. He looked a little tentative. I thought the two-minute drill, he could have stepped up on one of them when he took the sack. He could have stepped up and got the first down. But that's that's what happens sometimes. You get rattled. But the more he plays and the more confidence he gains, he's going to make those plays. But it's tough when it's your first start. Uh, the, the play to Chig, I mean, God, he was wide open. The only thing he had to do was just throw it right in the basket. It probably would have been a touchdown. But, again, he's sidearm. And I was thinking about, who is this guy? Is this Michael Vick or is this <laughs> old Barney Kosar out here with the sidearm throw? So those are little things that Coach Pat O'Hara, your quarterback coach who you work with, he can clean that up. And I thought Todd Downing, and I don't want to – get all into this, but Todd Downing did a great job. You saw a lot of zone read. What he was trying to do was settle the young man down. He did a great job in, in creating some plays that helped Malik. I thought about that third and five. I went back and I like to go back and, and, and I like to look at um, plays because plays kind of determine kind of the fate of the game. And when you look at that third and five, what was that in the third quarter? And they ran that little zone read to Dontrell, and Dontrell hits that edge and gets that huge gains, which end up putting Tennessee uh, up. They go 14 to 13 with a touchdown by uh, Derek. But what you love about that, I think Todd Downing knew that our best chance at getting a first down would probably be running the ball rather than throwing. And I thought he did a great job in putting Malik in situations that was more favorable for him. So Todd Downing, I think he uh, deserves to get a lot of credit this game because he called a great game. I mean, considering the fact that you have a first-year quarterback at the helm, that's tough. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Yeah, I wonder, I wonder too, if, uh, you know, how much of it was, was downing and, and certainly – you know, certainly Downing was was aware of everything. He he knew what he had at his disposal that day. But I, but I often wonder in a situation like this too, if if at some point during that game, late in the first half, maybe during their halftime discussions, if Mike Vrabel didn't say to him, "Look, just stay right here in this one section of the call sheet," you know, as as much as you possibly can, and you know, get you know, vary it as as much as you possibly can. But but I, you know, we need to just. Stay right here until Houston convinces us, you know, to try and do that. We need to do something else. Let's just uh, let's just keep doing this. And, uh, you know, they, they did do some different things with formation and they did start to, you know, run Don trail a little bit in the second half. And, and he had a couple big plays. I, I I'm with you. I, I thought there was I thought there was some good variety in terms of very little variety if you will when you when you stuck to running the ball all day and we you know we we have to talk a little bit more about uh about Derrick Henry's performance and uh you know 219 yards the sixth 200 yard game of his career tied for the NFL record there the only one with six games of 200 plus yards and two touchdowns in in each of them you know the the numbers start to get silly um John Glennon, are you are you ready to declare that uh, that Derrick Henry of 2019 and 2020 is back in 2022? 
pretty close, pretty close. I, I would, I would have to say, you know, the, maybe the one asterisk that, that, that pops up in my mind is the, um, is the big 41 yard run. Of course, that Derrick Henry had his longest run of the season. Great run, you know, kind of get, set the tone for what kind of day it was going to be. But did it also maybe just leave us thinking, okay, did, did Derrick Henry pre-surgery, does he get caught, you, you know, in that kind of a situation? You almost never saw Derrick Henry uh, get get caught from behind on, on a run like that before. But hard to uh, hard to argue much with a 219-yard game, um, you know. And, and uh, to me, a couple things stood out. One – one was why weren't the Texans putting even more defenders in the box? What, you know, like, like we talked about earlier, everybody knew that the Derrick Henry was going to be running the ball on 80% of the Titans plays. And, and still they, they, they couldn't, you know, they, they had nothing uh, to, to stop the Titans with. Uh, but on, on a positive Titans note, I, I think a, the offensive line is is getting better and better in in the uh, the run blocking department. You know, Nate Davis came back uh, his first game in in three. I thought he was he was really good. Uh, you know, Ben Jones graded out uh, that was his best run blocking game of the year. Uh, so I think uh, you know, especially in the run game, not not so much pass pro, but especially in the run game, this this offensive line is feeling better and better about itself. And and I do when when in terms of Henry in particular. I, I do think that arrow is still pointing up this season, um, you know, and, and one stat, you know, I, I like kind of these uh, little, the, the, the next gen stats and the pro football focus and so forth. And one of them they use a lot is that yard, yards over expectation. And Derrick Henry, despite the big numbers he was putting up this year, hadn't really gone over expectation that, that often this year. This game, totally different. He was 76 yards over what should be expected uh, you know, it, when a typical running back gets the ball in the same situations. So I, I think he is trending up. Certainly, if he is not back at the 2019 and 20 level, he is, he is certainly pretty close at this point. <laughs> yeah, I, I thought Nate Davis made a huge difference. And, it, and if you look at the NFL Next Gen stat site, they, they'll do these uh, these cards where they'll show where every you know every running back's run went on a uh, on a particular game and and the Titans made a lot of hay running center left guard right guard area you know Ben Jones and uh, and Nate Davis and uh, I thought that was you know it, it got to the point there was there was one sequence I believe it was early in the fourth quarter on first down he runs it he gets 11 yards on the next play he runs it he gets 12 yards on the next play he runs it he gets 13 yards I mean it was it it and and you know to your point too John like at that point it was no secret what the Titans were doing it it, it was just silly and uh, you know Denard I got to ask you as as a guy who's played defense in this league what what were you what were those what were those Texans defenders going through at that point? What were you know, how how frustrating, how demoralizing do you think that was for them on Sunday? Well, what's demoralizing to a defensive unit is when a running back, when you can establish the running game and you can establish it early, typically that you're favorable to win a game. That's how you win in the National Football League is your ability to run. And when you're talking about a running back like King, who had 124 yards at halftime, at halftime. But what was amazing was that 81 yards came after contact. David, that's 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 crazy. I mean, that's crazy numbers. The fact that 
a man is based. What happened was Tennessee did exactly what I said they had to do. They imposed their will on a defensive front that's been struggling all season. They're what dead last or near dead last in the NFL in rushing defense. Yeah, they were last going into. And the the bottom line is this: in Houston, you have a problem because if you look at it, I mean, look at the games that he's had against Houston. I don't understand the defensive coordinator. Who is the defensive coordinator? Is it Lovey Smith? He should be fine after this game (laughs) because look, I mean, just go back to 2019. David, he has. It wasn't Lovey then, though. That's the thing. Like this is this is. I know, but it's the same thing. Coordinators and things. Exactly, now. it's the same theme. So you would think that Houston would say, you know what? Look at the game in 2019, Week 17, 211 yards. Look at 2020, both what 212 in Week Six and Week 17, 250 yards. And Sunday, you would tell me he had 32 carries for 219, and you didn't make the running game your priority. Lovey Smith is one of the best defensive minds in the business. What was he thinking? Not saying, hey, listen, we have to stop the run. And they didn't even do anything in the passing game. They didn't have to do nothing. What Robert Woods was your leading receiver with 26 yards passing. Tennessee finished with 314 rushing yards. You will not win a game in the National Football League when a team is putting up those numbers against you. So, again, I don't know. Houston, you have a problem. They better fix it quickly because I tell you what, this can happen again, you know, when they play uh, the second time. Yeah, if you had told me going into that game the Titans were going to finish with 300-plus rushing yards, I would have assumed Malik Willis had 70 or 80 of them, you know, Mm -hmm. that they were going to do some of the zone read stuff and everything. And they didn't – I think there was one – there was just one play that I can – recall wasn't there that was a, a there was, there was one that, that he kept but there were a, a few of them or, or you know two or three that he froze defend that Malik actually did yeah. freeze defenders too by you know giving get given that that RPO fake and and opening a little space up the middle for for Derrick Henry too so that helped the this Sunday primetime game a little different caliber of opponent now with the uh, with the Kansas City Chiefs. Another five and two team in Kansas City, which is which is typically a tough place to play. Um, Titans have one loss already on the road in prime time this year against a really good team that that didn't go well. Um, John, I'll start with you. How how optimistic should Titans fans be that that this will be different? This will be a a, a better performance, or uh, or are, are they in for a long night again? Yeah, this is a, this is an outstanding litmus test. I mean, you know, you, you look at this five game winning streak, the combined records of these these five teams, well, four teams because they played the Colts twice, ten, eighteen, and one. Uh, so, you know, as you said, David, earlier, you know, it, it's still quite an accomplishment to rattle off a five-game win streak, but the level much different here when, when you look at a Kansas City offense, number one in the in the league, averaging 32 points a game, number one in the league, 20 touchdown passes, um, you know, 30 points in, in four of their seven games. Oh, and by the way, they're coming off a bye week also, so they've had a few extra days to, to prepare uh, for this game as well. So I, I think, you know, as well as the uh, the Titans have played against the run during this win streak, you know, I, I'm, I'm not sure that they are quite uh, as, as dominant and ready to stifle opponents in the passing game. You know, they haven't proven that quite as much against good competition uh, yet this year. So this will be a test. 
you know, X plays. They've cut down those X plays the last two weeks. They've done a very good job against them. Kansas City is going to is going to test that um, quite a, a bit as well. You know, all that said, you know, I mean, the Titans did hammer the Chiefs last year. They did hammer Pat Mahomes. They did beat this Chiefs team 27 to 3 last year too and and uh you know so it's it's not out of the realm of possibility but um you know i i uh, as assuming you know even for the titans that, that they do get ryan Tannehill, let's let's say that uh, just for that assumption's sake that he'll be back he'll be a starter they're gonna have to find a way to score say you know more than 20 points uh in a game they may have to top 24 uh for the for the first time this year um because even with a strong defensive performance, I still think you're going to have to put some points on the board uh, to beat this Kansas City team in Kansas City. What about it, Denard? Do, will the Titans need to score more than 24? Or, or what What do they need to do to turn this into a, another one of their, their low-scoring sort of uh, sort of grinded-out games that we've seen from them here lately you need to make it ugly you need to make it ugly you need to make it like last year game where you had Patrick Mahomes carted off the field it was a dominating performance last year but that's last year because the, the, the Chiefs the chief team that we saw in Nashville was the we didn't see that team uh the later in the season they were much better they were a lot much better you talk about that game against Cincinnati they should have been in the Super Bowl last year if it wasn't for the Bengals but when I look at this when I look at this team, this Chiefs offense, everything is predicated on explosive plays. This is a West Coast offense, so everything is about timing. So what you want to do is you want to take that approach that Todd Bowles took in the Super Bowl two years ago. You want to make sure you don't allow this team to top the defense, which means get over the top. So keep everything in front of you. Let Patrick Mahomes throw for four or 500 yards. Let him have that, David. But just make sure you do like Tampa Bay. Just tackle everything in front of you. This team right now with Tennessee to secondary with McCrary, Christian Fulton, Terrence Mitchell, you got two of the best safeties in the league. Uh, and we know KB and we know Amani, and you're talking about the addition of Andrew Adams. This is a great secondary. They match up well against Kansas City skill position players. I think if anybody in the league that can go against, you know, Marquez Valdez-Scantley, Nicole Hartman, we know about his speed. Juju Smith-Schuster, we saw him last year. It's this secondary. They're that good right now. They're playing with the attitude. That's what you have to have. But with Kansas City, we know that everything is predicated on one player, number 87, Kelsey. That's that's the guy that makes it go. That's the machine that makes it run. So what you want to do is make sure you always account for Kelsey. That's what Tampa Bay did. They put they made Kansas City one-dimensional. Don't be afraid if you shame Bowen to give up 400 yards passing, but just don't let nothing get over the top of the defense. If they can do that and stop the run, Guess what? Tennessee has a chance of going into Kansas City and coming out with the victory Sunday. But it's going to be doing the little things. So who's the guy? Is is Amani Hooker the one? I mean, we saw him lined up in the slot against uh, against the Colts, against some of their bigger, fast receivers uh, a couple weeks ago. Is, is he the guy who needs to sort of be responsible for for Kelsey most of the day, or, or is is there somebody else you think on the uh, on the roster who can do that job? What about David Long Jr.? You think David Long Jr. matches up against Kelsey? I mean, Travis, that's his game. That's what they want to do. They utilize his his set, his skill set, 
He's big. So he's too big for safeties. He's about six foot five. So it makes it's a tough matchup for safeties who's much smaller. You're talking about a safety my size at six foot, six foot one. So what you want to do is to make sure you account for him at all times. He loves those little drag routes in the field. He loves those seam routes. Make sure you stop that and don't let any of those receivers because they're not better than your back half. If you're Tennessee, you're saying, listen, we match up well against these guys. Let's not make this a game where it's all about Patrick Mahomes. Again, he's just looking for the playmakers. He's looking, number one, for Kelsey. So always, if you can account for that team's best player, that's their number one player, then it will give you a chance to win if you can take her all the other little pieces. Yeah, and, and to your point, too, about – you know, staying staying back, keeping things in front of you, getting guys to the ground. The fact that the Titans are getting the production they are up front will allow them to do that. They can rush four guys, drop seven into coverage, so that they're you know they sort of cover those lanes that uh, that the Chiefs like to exploit after the catch and whatnot. And uh, you know the way the way Jeffrey Simmons is is practically living in opponents' backfields right now. The uh, uh, you know, Bud Dupree is 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 starting to starting to show the the pass rush that uh, that everybody expected of him when they signed him to a free agent deal last year. Danico Autry continues to be a, a real X factor a guy who can line up a lot of different places and and still find a way to get to the quarterback. So uh, as long as long as they can generate some sort of pressure and Mahomes doesn't have all day to stand back there and do whatever he wants, I. I I agree. I think this defense can can make things interesting. John, you were about to say something. Yeah, I was gonna I was gonna point out too. I I I I also think that they would love to use Amani Hooker. Um, you know, he, he's been kind of a a, a tight end whisperer in, in some of these games uh, over his years um, with the Titans. But let's not forget, uh, I don't believe he played in the entire second half he did not finish, um, uh, against against Houston after yeah. suffering a shoulder injury. So. Still a little bit of a um, uh, question mark there, but certainly when they use that that three safety alignment uh, against the against the Colts, who have some good tight ends and some good big wide receivers, uh, it was it was very successful. And and I think that also speaks well of how quickly Andrew Adams has progressed from a guy they picked up, you know, off a practice squad to a guy they're willing to play, you know, forty fifty snaps in a in a game in just a, just a few weeks here. So. Uh, Hooker Hooker's health will certainly be uh, be a key, something to watch this week. And, and while we're talking about players' health, you know Ryan Tannehill with the knee didn't practice last Wednesday. Was a limited participant Thursday. Then the Friday injury report comes out. He did not practice. In addition to the ankle, he's listed with an illness. And then reports are that the illness kept him from the walkthrough on Saturday. They didn't bring him. They didn't bring him with uh, with them to Houston. What do we make of this, John? Is is uh, you know is do do we think Ryan Tannehill will be back to business as usual or close to it this week? What's uh, uh, what's the sense going into this week? Oh, David, I, I think certainly you must have missed. Mike Vrabel cleared everything up on uh, on, on Monday at his press conference when we, when we asked him about that, and and I think Jim Wyatt uh, started off on on that note, and Mike Vrabel gave him the uh, you know. Well, we'll see where things stand on Wednesday. And I was foolish enough to follow up by by asking, well, you know, can you at least sort of say whether he's recovered from the the illness portion? And the answer was exactly the same: was we'll see on Wednesday. So we will we will see tomorrow, as uh, we've noted. This is uh, this is out Tuesday night. Uh, but that's it. That's it. You know, those those ankle injuries 
are, uh, are, are, you know, those are, those are tough. Those can take some time, uh, you know, and, and it wasn't even like Ryan Tannehill was, um, you know, really, he, he was out there one day last week, but he wasn't throwing any passes. Uh, so I don't know. I, I, I still kind of have my doubts. Uh, and then if you're the Titans, you're in kind of a, you're not in the worst spot because, you know, you're, you've done so well in your division, uh, you know, and, and you're set up pretty well that you don't necessarily have to force Tannehill to go in there gimpy uh, again just because one game in, in you know, week nine uh, is so vital. So, you know, if he's only 50 percent, if he's 75 percent, you know, maybe maybe you stay conservative and you say, OK, we'd love to, to, you know, have all our top guns firing against Kansas City. If we don't, it's not the end of the world in the in the big picture. So I, I don't know. At, at this point, again, this is even before any injury reports have come out. I'm a little hesitant to 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 think that uh, Tannehill jumps right back in there. We'll see. Well, what about it, Denard? You were, you were confident last week that Tannehill was going to play. I was confident he was going to play. If uh, uh, To John's point, if how how healthy does he have to be before you would put him in this game right now? Well, I want him healthy. I don't want a 50% Ryan Tannehill because, you know, if he goes into that game and let's say if it's an ankle injury and you know the injury report, when it's reported to another team, coaches, they – they will stretch that out. Like, listen, he has an ankle injury. So uh, touch that ankle, if you know what I mean. That's what we used to do when I played at Tennessee. If we, if we found out uh, during the week that a quarterback was hurt and whatever part of his body was hurt, we would go after and attack that part of the body. That's just the way the game is played. So I would not want Ron in there if he's 50% because it's not about one game. It's about the games after this that counts. And it's about having him healthy going down the stretch because this team is not going to win if he's not healthy going down the stretch. And that's what you want. You want a healthy quarterback, not someone who's 50%. Because if he's 50%, David, I don't know how much he can give you. And I don't know if that 50% is good enough to beat Kansas City. So do those conversations take place? Because all we ever hear publicly is it's you, you want to work today to get better today. You'll do the same thing tomorrow. Everything's looking ahead. Will will coaches say, look, we're five and two. We're in control of the division. We can afford to take an extra week with Ryan Tannehill here. Yes. Yes. I'll be honest with you. Yes, because it's about the 17 game schedule. It's not about one game. And one game is not going to determine your fate. So, yeah, guys, coaches have that conversation with players. Yeah, we can afford to go into a – and it's not a division. I mean, it's a division of the AFC, but it's not in AFC South. So, again, you want to win your division. That's what it's about because, remember, games in your division counts twice. This is just, again, it's like a, a match early, two great teams. But I don't want a 50% run. And, I'm if, listen, if he's not healthy, John, I, I hope – I don't see him. I don't want to see him Sunday. Well, regardless of whether it's Tannehill, whether it's Malik Willis, I, I you know, I, I'm I'm going to say it right now. I'm going to guarantee the Titans are going to have to throw the ball more than ten times. I mean, Kansas City's run defense is Kansas City. Yeah, I'm I'm going way out on a limb here. Can't, but I mean, the point Kansas City's run defense is third in the league, 92 yards a game allowed, which is right behind the Titans at 89.1. We we've all seen how good the Titans are week to week in stopping the run. If uh, if the Chiefs are just that good, or or maybe just a tick below that, uh, um, you know, Derrick Henry's Derrick Henry's going to earn his yards, however many he gets uh, he gets Sunday. But it's uh, it's certainly a a much more interesting a much more compelling matchup than the last one and uh 
We will all watch it. We will all be back here next week to uh, to talk about it. Uh, until then, Denard Walker, thank you as always. Thank you, David and John. Hope you guys have a great evening. Yep. We will do our best, John. Thank you. All right. Thank you, guys. And until next week, this is the Believe in Titans podcast brought to you by Bet Online. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.